Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again, going to the end zone, up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos! Adarius Bowman! Hey, that's three! From Carpat and Finland, Jesse, Porter Jarvis. He takes the snap, and J.C. Sherritt goes over the top. The Eskimo defense has done it! Eskimos win the football game. It is short. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chet. up to a 1-0 lead on the Orioles, top of the fourth. The Jays trying to win their fifth in a row. Ed Hervey, Edmonton Eskimos general manager, going before the media today, speaking to you through us. The Eskimos 5-4. They've won three in a row. Ed Hervey putting on a very patient face. Team with a mediocre record, but he seems to believe that they are building towards bigger and better things. You'll hear from Mr. Hervey tonight. Morley Scott and I will break down what he said as well. We were both at Hervey's media availability at Commonwealth Stadium this afternoon. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 6.07. It is Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, always glad to have you along for the ride. By the way, I always like to hear from you as well. You can text 6.30, 6.30. Our open line number is 780 780- 496-0063. Uh, we'll keep you updated on what's going on in Major League Baseball tonight. And, uh, of course, a big story as we move into a new hockey season here in Edmonton is the opening of Rogers Place. And as uh, we continue to count down to that, you heard Mark say that you can still get some tickets online for the public tour of the arena that'll happen next Saturday, September 10th. Now, the tickets are free, but you do have to uh, get them online and and book an entry time, and and then you kind of do a self-guided tour through Rogers Place. So that'll be pretty fun. I've been in there, oh, what, uh, three times this year? About three weeks ago was the last time I'm in there. I think people are going to be impressed when you do go to games there. uh, Certainly there'll be uh, some concerts before a hockey game. The Oil Kings get going with their regular season. The Oilers play uh, some preseason contests and then the uh, big home opener uh, where the uh, NHL will you know, come to town for a regular season game against the Calgary Flames uh, in the second week of October. So it's interesting to me. Uh, a lot of talk about the uh, arena today. I know if you've been following the news and you can go get more on 630ched.com, you know, some community groups wanting to uh, look into the... Uh, the agreement and some talks about what uh, is or isn't being done for for homeless people and all that kind of stuff and uh, you know I think some of that um, it's interesting to me how 
Uh, I, I, from from working in, in the media in this city for the last few years, and, and I did have a stint in news before I got back into sports, a, a lot of times things are brought to the table uh, after the fact, or maybe there wasn't the uh, mobilization or the wherewithal to do something you know, at the time when maybe it was more... Uh, when it was more prudent. So uh, I, I find that kind of interesting as well. And, um, you know, the the one thing I got to say too, and I want to I play a couple little snippets of, of audio because I think you'll find these interesting. I certainly did. Um, there, there's always a lot of, there's always a lot of misinformation uh, about, uh, about things that, that are in the public eye. And sometimes the information isn't that hard to obtain. You can find out anything you want about Roger's place uh, just by going to the City of Edmonton website, for example. You just can, can Google City of Edmonton Roger's place and then there'll be a page with all the facts and figures and how it's being paid for and all that kind of stuff. The, the, I, this was such a huge story a few years ago when, I mean, if you remember what happened... Well, even going back to Kate's buying the team, going to build a new arena, and then it's uh, it, then it's being talked about, and then it's and then it's delayed, and and then remember for a while the the city actually broke off negotiations with with the Kate's group, and then they got back to the table and f- finally arrived at this situation where the arena is opening now in uh, in about a month and a, well less than a month really, obviously uh, for concerts and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I think my my observations along the way were. That there were certainly stumbles by uh, by both sides, city council and the Cates group. Um, I, I think certainly that the that kind of awkward trip to Seattle that that Daryl Cates uh, made with uh, Wayne Gretzky and others was, uh, and he wound up apologizing. It was uh, you know certainly a, a bit of an awkwardly handled uh, situation. Uh, I think there were some members of uh, of city council, and I mean most of the. I think the closest vote ever was eight five. I think there were the the, the final vote was was ten three or eleven two in the end. Uh, but, but you know there were certainly some obstinance uh, from some members of city council. I, I think uh, in my in my mind again, this is my opinion. Like like all of you, I'm an Edmontonian and have an opinion on the deal. Um, y- you know. What uh, certainly some maybe a lack of recognition as to the, the need for for the arena or um, or you know what it could help accomplish for the city and for downtown. All all fair enough. The people are entitled to their own opinions. But what's interesting about hosting a talk show like this is you're reminded though that people are not entitled to their own facts, and they often have what what they believe are facts, uh, but they really but they really aren't. So I want to I want to read I want to play a couple things here. First of all, David Staples from the Edmonton Journal was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today, and Bob read David a text message to the show, which we will here right here this comes to us from john he says people weren't upset about having a new arena people are, are are upset that this is the only nhl arena built in canada with taxpayer funds all other rinks are privately built and owned kate's is a corporate welfare bum that comes to us from john what would you just inaccurate everything he says is is wrong so, I mean, Calgary was built 100% public money. Edmonton's old arena, 100% public money. The, the, uh, the arenas that were built with private money uh, in Vancouver and Montreal, the owners actually went broke. They had to sell the teams and the buildings because of that. The only place in Canada where it's built with private money and the team succeeded was in the massive Toronto market. Right. So, you know, 
people can say whatever they want. Just get get your facts right. All right, <laughs> that, that was uh, that was David Staples earlier today on Oilers Now, which I was listening to that and, and it got me thinking. And during a, a lot of that negotiation process, I, I was working on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, and I was actually filling in hosting the show when a lot of that stuff was uh, was going down. And I, I know one of the, the big things that people were mad about was I can't, you know, the whole I can't believe my taxes are are going into the arena. You know, I can't believe that my property taxes are going to go up for the arena. So I found this interview I did with City Councilor Brian Anderson for, in May of 2013 when this was all approved. And I said, okay, so what's going on? Uh, and I said to Brian, you you were uh, questioning the uh, the chief financial officer of the of the city yesterday. Can you just uh, summarize what exactly is going on? The end comment to our CFO was, and that means that there is no requirement to use property taxes to fund this this project. And her answer was yes. None none of it is. Uh, we're going to raise property taxes a half a percent to fund this. And it's funny, I still had someone say to me recently, I can't believe my property taxes are going up to pay for the Oilers Arena. And uh, again, it's one of those uh, misconceptions. And like I said, you're entitled to own opinion. You're, you're welcome to phone or text in and tell me you don't like the arena deal or you didn't think Edmonton needed a new arena or you think it's, uh, or you think it's ugly or, or whatever you want to say about it. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> but the criticism that your property taxes went up to pay for the uh, arena is, is, is quite frankly uh, false. You know, I got the, I got the web page right op- open right now that outlines the agreement and how it is paid for. Again, maybe you don't like the the agreement as it was negotiated, but I mean don't don't throw non-factual things into the agreement. That's all I'm saying. This is Inside Sports on 6:30 Chad Reed Wilkins with you. Matthew Panashik is working hard on the other side of the window as the studio producer this evening. Matthew old boy, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Reed. What do you got on the tube tonight? You got the Blue Jays on? Yes, sir. I guess sir. that's all we got tonight. Eugenie yep. Bouchard already out. Of the U.S. Open, Katerina Siniakova beat her today, 6-3, So Raonic won yesterday, and Bouchard done. Boy, has she fallen off the map or what? She's just not a good tennis. She's not a good, consistent tennis player anymore. Uh, she, she may have peaked at Wimbledon. Who knows? Well, maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see. So it's, it's a long career. She's still young, but uh, yeah, certainly hasn't been able to maintain what it appeared like she was going to accomplish a couple of summers ago. We're going to take a quick timeout. It is six sixteen. Ed Hervey still ahead. This is Inside Sports on six thirty. Chat. You're listening to six thirty. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Snow Monkey has texted the show. He says, uh, read you and your precious facts are getting in the way of my beliefs. Try harder. That is from Snow Monkey. Uh, Grant says, what was really wrong with Rexall Place? Uh, it's a little bit smaller, but it was paid for. Well... You know, I've heard that a lot, and, and I just, uh, I mean, Rexall Place was no longer a modern facility. It, it, it just wasn't. 
And I mean, Milan Lucic said one of the reasons he came to Edmonton was because there was a new arena. I mean, here's the thing: if if your argument is, and, this, and yeah, this is just my opinion, I'm probably not going to change your mind. I'm just going to tell you where I stand since Grant brought this up, and I heard this before. If your argument is, well, Rexall Place is still good enough, or it's still fine then okay, fair enough, but at some point, I'm sure you would recognize the building is too old and not worth maintaining for an NHL team and and not attractive as an NHL rink. So do you want to wait until it's absolutely decrepit? And do you want to sink more and more money into it? Um or, or do you want to say, okay, now is the time we have the opportunity to build a new rink. Let let's let's jump on it now. I, I guess I guess that would be my response to that. And I mean, I suppose. And look, it's an expensive project. Um, so I, I get that. And I know, and I know, change is hard. And expensive change is hard. I, I, I know that. Um. So, but. I mean, to me, there's there's a, there's an argument where saying, well, it's 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 just good enough, so don't do anything about it. I, I don't know. There's a point where that doesn't doesn't fly with me. I mean, it, like I, I don't know. Like I'll I'll, I'll use a, 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 a for a comparison, and I'm being a little bit sarcastic here. I admit that, but you know, at what point do you you know stop wearing a, a pair of jeans? Because they might have a hole in the knee. I mean, well, they're good enough. They're good enough. Well, at one point, the jeans don't look good, and you look sloppy out, or whatever. You know, like there's there's a point where change happens, and there was an opportunity here for change to happen. And quite frankly, the previous ownership group, and I know people are mad. Kate's didn't. Some people are mad. Kate's didn't pay for the whole thing. But I mean, the previous ownership group wouldn't have had the financial wherewithal to to make any sort of a contribution to a new rink. Uh, Chris from Phoenix is standing by, but first I want to get to Fred on the line as well. Hello, Fred. How's it going, Reed? Doing great. Well, I was driving home and I had to pull over and talk about this topic. You know what? Uh, I used to go to hockey games back in the Edmonton Gardens. 1974 is at the first game in uh, the Northlands Coliseum. Now, you're trying to tell me Rexall is good enough, or whatever you want to call it, Northlands is good enough to go watch hockey? Still, no, it's outdated, it's too small, and without a brand new arena, there's no hockey team here. It'd be like us still playing in Old Clark Stadium. I think uh, most people rather go to Commonwealth than the Old Clark Stadium, but you know what? Some of these people are driving me crazy. Downtown needed a facelift, and the centerpiece was obviously the new arena. And some people got to shake their heads a little bit. They're stuck in the dark ages here. Well, you make an interesting point, Fred, about the football stadium, which is almost as old as Northlands Coliseum, but I think it's been maintained uh, uh, a, a little better. And, and let, I mean, Fred, let's. What, what year was that? 1978. I'm sure people in the late 70s were saying, "Why do we need the Commonwealth Games? What's the big deal? Who cares about this event?" Right? But well, now yeah. we still have the stadium as a legacy. And would you sooner have Commonwealth, or would, like you said, would you sooner have Clark, or would you sooner have McMahon Stadium? I mean, look what they're trying to deal with in Calgary now. Well, I was just in Calgary, actually, on Sunday, and we drove by McMahon Stadium, and that place is just a dump. Like, it's an updated Clark Stadium, but it's they're never going to get a new stadium. They're not in these times, I tell you. They're gonna, Calgary's in big trouble here, and our, they want a new hockey rink? Well, good luck on that. We're lucky here that we did what we did, because without uh, 
being progressive, we'd be stuck with Rexall Place. And as much as I love that old barn, uh, it was time to move on. Now, one thing I do wish, I hope the Oilers make some tickets reasonable enough for uh, a guy to take his kid or two. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, if they're going to have some kind of fun zone like they do with the Knothole Gang, but I think they're seriously better be thinking about something like that, don't you? I haven't seen anything like that, Fred, and I hear you, and I, you know, I'm not going to comment on ticket prices because it's not fair for me to do it because I get to go to the games with a media pass. And, uh, yeah, I mean, NHL tickets, especially in Canada, uh, are expensive. I, I haven't heard anything about a family or kids initiative, but that would be pretty cool. Um you know, I, I do pay for Eskimos tickets. I've been a season ticket holder since 1997, and, uh, you know. Well, good on you, but, you know, an Eskimo ticket's 30 bucks if you want to get into Commonwealth, yeah, it's right? che- Yeah, it's cheaper for sure. Absolutely, it's it's cheaper. And they brought back some more kid-friendly stuff. Was it this year or last year they brought back some more Knothole Gang kind of stuff, right? So No, I think, well, the Eskimos have it, right? They uh, refurbished the stadium quite a bit because they know the new arena's coming. Hey, we should be proud of what we're getting here. Like, I just... I don't know. We shouldn't have so many naysayers because if we don't go forward, like I said, we'll be stuck in the dark ages and, you know, the city's got to progress. And I don't know if you saw before they started building the new arena what downtown was looking like, but it was pretty run down and beat up. So it's called revitalization, people. Reed, you have a great night. Fred, always good to hear from you, buddy. Thanks for calling. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Also, Chris from Phoenix on the line. I know we're going to be hearing more from Chris once they actually start playing actual hockey games but he has called in tonight hello chris hey what's up just uh just driving through a haboob here it's uh, it's a type of dust storm no it's not donald trump's uh game for uh, foreigners or anything so uh oh, trust me, it's, it's just what we call a, a dust storm out here okay um the one the one advantage other than the scenery and the weather down here is i can go to oilers games here and i can sit seven to ten rows up off the ice for like 60 bucks a, a pop so but anyway, uh, I, well, I went out to, uh, to Edmonton one time. I loved it. It's the city of champions to me. It always will be the city of champions. The idiots that decided to take away that moniker from the city are stupid, um, <laughs> especially uh, my hometown, uh, Windsor, Ontario, just got hit by a tornado uh, oh, last no. week. It kind of it kind of struck me right off the bat. Uh, the, what, 20, 20 25-plus years that uh, the city of Edmonton got struck by that major tornado. Uh, as far as is uh, Rexall, one of Rexall's, well, two of Rexall's uh, big uh, issues is one, it's outdated, and two, it's in the middle of nowhere. If you could pick up Rexall and drop it in downtown, then it'd be much better. Um, and we need a new barn. Uh, that's just plain and simple. We need a new barn. Uh, it's a money maker. It, we need more suites, uh, and it has to be downtown. You want to attract more people. When you have a, an arena downtown, you, you attract more revenue to all the businesses, and it, it's just it's just stupidity to think that we don't need one. It's 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 like putting it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Eventually, it's it's still going to be a pig, and, and just because you make it look pretty, it's still a pig, right? And uh, the other the other thing I have is uh, I'm going to gripe like I normally do. I'm a little disappointed that we're we're not making any more additions to our decor. I think. Uh, you know, there were a couple of moves that I that I wish we could have probably tried to make. Um, like I would have given a PTO to Wisniewski or or, or signed for that one year or whatever. Why? He couldn't have hurt us, right? He, he has a bomb from the point, and uh, it's a million dollars. He signed for a million dollars in Carolina. That really did, wouldn't have hurt us. And uh, also, there's all this. Uh, what's going on with uh, Hampus Lindholm? 
in uh, in Anaheim. I wonder why he isn't signed yet, and I wonder if he's on the Oilers' radar. I would love to have him him on the Oilers. I would gladly give up some uh, some young D-man named uh, Nurse and, and somebody else to, to try to acquire him. I know it's far-fetched. Yeah, I don't think Shirley yeah. wants to trade Nurse, so I think that's a guy he has on his short list of, of keepers. Yeah, but, uh, well, whatever. Uh, well, I'm just I, telling you how I read the situation, man. Yeah, it, it is what it is, but I'm, I'm looking at it. If we can, if we can upgrade now instead of you know trying to rely on somebody to to develop into what we want them to, that's, that's uh, like I, like I've always said, I'm sick of and tired of of having something you know to have somebody to 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 get better or waiting on somebody as opposed to start the season with our with our question marks already answered, you know. And uh, also the the uh, the other comment I had was on the McDavid, uh, how uh, the hockey news has him ranked ninth coming into the to the to the season. That's somewhat okay. It's it, it's reasonable. I don't know what the NHL.com is thinking. Twenty first, you got to kid me here. He's, that he's wasn't in scoring though, right? That was uh, best player in the league because I think hockey news has him winning the scoring title. Yeah, I, I, I just I'm just replying to what I heard today on on, the, on one of the morning shows down the uh, down the way. So. Some of these uh, these ex- so-called experts with these magazines and websites seem to be kind of smoking something. But that's all I have, and I can't wait for the season. This is getting really, really boring. I just want this, I want you know, all this stuff to just kind of end, and let's start the hockey season. And as far as tennis, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, Roundich getting uh, at least to the semis. I'm a huge Djokovic fan, but I would love to see. I'm not sure if it's even possible for Djokovic and Roundich to beat the final. I'm not sure. Uh, where they sit in the draw. Oh, I'd have to check the, the draw, yeah. But Chris. That, that'd, be, uh, that'd be awesome because I, I love both of those players, Roundage and, and uh, Djokovic. So that's all I have, and let's go Oilers, and uh, that's it. All right, a wide-ranging phone call from Chris from Phoenix. Tell you what, Tom is on hold. Uh, Tom, if you can hold for three minutes, you'll be first up after the news because I don't want to cut you short. Uh, Wesley texting in, he says, if the city of Edmonton put money into the new arena, where did they get the money? Uh, Wesley, uh, go check out again the uh, the website. I'm not just going to read the whole thing to you. The uh, the CRL, the Community Revitalization Levy, that will explain some of the funding to you right there. This is Inside Sports. Ed Hervey coming up as well. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Just a homer now, Matthew? Yeah, it just happened. Who got the one? I think, well, the Orioles are just trying to catch the player. Just as you said it, I looked up uh, around on the bases. Blue Jays go up 3-1 on uh, the Orioles go up uh, Manny Machado, 32nd of the season. Bottom of the fifth, 3-1 for the Orioles leading the Blue Jays. We will keep an eye on that one tonight. A quick note from the NFL Vikings quarterback Teddy Bridgewater suffering what the team's calling a significant knee injury at practice today. He went back uh, on a non-contact drill, dropped back to throw, grabbed his left knee, took away in an ambulance. Well, it was taken away in an ambulance, so he was took away. He was t- Sorry, what's that, buddy? Is, was there an update on him? Yes, the Vikings announced okay, good. about nine minutes ago that Bridgewater suffered a torn ACL and a dislocated knee. So that's season ending? Uh, he's done. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's ending. Uh, that's too bad. That's too bad. So there you go. If you have, uh, I did my first, uh, I'm in two fantasy football leagues. And uh, we did, I did one draft last night. So whoever has Teddy Bridgewater, 
though he was probably a backup in my league, but still, you, you need him at some point. Uh, 780-496-0063. We're going to bring in Tom. Tom, thanks for waiting through the news there, but I didn't want to yeah, cut you off right at 630, so go ahead, buddy. Oh, yeah, it would have, would have taken me quite a while. How you doing, Reed? Yeah, I'm doing great. Just, just interesting that uh, it was that Dave Staples was saying that uh, George Gallet went broke on the Montreal Bell Centre and um, the Montreal Canadiens. Well, that's totally untrue. He was making money there. He uh, lost all his money on the soccer club in in England or something and other business ventures. So he's like, who's misleading? He was. I want to talk about misleading. Edmonton City City Council misled the taxpayers. Number one on misleading. Soon as um, before the arena was announced, what were the Edmonton Oilers worth? Well, I'm going to tell you, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Soon as they stroked that pen and signed the deal. Forbes magazine came up with it. They were worth $450 million. George, or not George Gillette, Mr. Katz made $200 million just on the signing of that deal. Now, other misleading information that the city council put out there was that they didn't, it was misleading. They really didn't say it. All they would say was all that extra assessment in the downtown area that's going to mean extra taxes. So what they were trying to get the taxpayer to think, well, maybe our taxes are going to go down. Your taxes aren't going to go down because of all that assessment in downtown Edmonton. They still have to supply uh, goods and services for that area. And we, the taxpayer of Edmonton, are going to be lucky if that's even a wash. Okay? So that's what I have to say. Uh, I don't think they ever said your taxes are going to go down, Tom. No, I didn't. No, No, they never said that. I agree. But they were leading you to think that they were going to go down because of all that extra tax dollars they were going to get. You see what I'm getting at? They didn't say it, but they wanted the taxpayers to think that. Well, I, well, I, I as as a, as a city of Edmonton taxpayer myself, Tom. I mean, I I don't mean to argue with you. I I personally never got that impression, and I mean, I well, I, uh, I know I did, and a lot of people, a lot of people did, and whatever. And I I myself personally, I they did need a new arena, and I'm glad they built it. You know, and I you know I'm. You know, I'm paying my Edmonton city taxes. And that, another thing I'm just going to get off my chest is, um, is that, um, um, you know, the city of Edmonton is putting property there, putting tax money into it, whether it's from the grants or whatever. It's still, it's still, it's still property tax dollars. Well, okay. the, com- have you, the community revitalization levy is, is not property tax dollars on, on homeowners per se. Right? No, but it can go to water and sewer. It can go to uh, roads. It can go to here and there. So now that they put it in the arena, the tax dollars are going to all the things. Well, right, but I mean, like a like a you know, a, so someone who owns a, someone who owns a house in Mill Woods, someone who owns a house in Mill Woods is not going to have a specific increase on their bill to pay off the arena. No, no, you're not. But your ta- your city taxes are going up every year, five percent, six percent correct yeah usually sure yeah okay. that's whether there's an so, arena or not right that's no whether there's an arena or not but if they hadn't put the money in the into the all that money revitalization money into the arena maybe they're going up one or two percent you know what i'm saying uh i know what you're saying tom you, i i think uh, look i i just think you should read about the crl a little more that's all okay well i have read about it that's why i phoned Okay. okay. Well, I guess we don't okay. see it quite the same way. Thanks, yeah. Tom. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also uh, text six thirty six thirty. Dave Leopard says, "Hey, Reed, I work as a construction manager. In my experience, 
I've found people always hate construction. It's expensive, disrupts neighbors and traffic, etc. But when the project is done, people love it, and all the previous whining is forgotten quickly. This arena will be great for the Oilers and for uh, Edmontonians. That is from Dave Leopard. Michael says, I'm fine with Rogers Place. I'm looking forward to it, but the hockey games and concerts I've been to in the last year at Rexall definitely have me looking around the place and recognizing that it's still a fine place. Uh, for the Oilers, I'm all in for Rogers, but for the city of Edmonton, I very, very seriously hope that Rexall is made use of and its maintenance can be justified. It would be both a waste and a heartbreak if it withers away or is torn down. Well, you know, that's an ongoing thing uh, with city council for sure. And Scott Johnson is our city hall reporter. I'm just going to play one of the stories he filed today. The, the mayor wants to see Northlands Coliseum turned into a multiplex and to bring the Shaw Conference Center and Expo Center under the same management. Two of Iveson's four recommendations in a motion today. Scott Johnson here with the rest. The goal is to have one management company run both facilities, where Mayor Don Iveson says they can keep from undercutting each other while attracting larger shows. A different way to manage any kind of transition, one way or the other. Shaw goes to Northlands, Expo Center goes to EDC, or you form a new company to manage both. You know, I've, I've spoken at length with board and management from both organizations about that, and I think everybody understands that there's value in making the smooth transition to whatever the new reality is, and everybody's ready for a spectrum of possibilities there. Also part of the four-part motion, creation of a new area redevelopment plan for the 160 acres, including options for the horse barns and racetrack, and Northland should get a year deferral on paying their debt to the city. Scott Johnson, 6.30, Chad News. All right, so what's going to happen with Northlands Coliseum and uh, the surrounding area remains something that is before City Council. Uh, this texter says, if getting Milan Lucic as a player because he was attracted to a new arena, that doesn't say much for Edmonton. The quality and design of the new building should have attracted a star player like P.K. Subban. I, as a fan, will take Hall back and go to Rexall, and Milan can go beat someone up in Vancouver. Uh, all right. Well, that's a, to be a bit of a non-sequitur of a text. P.K. Subban was not a free agent. Milan Lucic was. Uh, and obviously Taylor Hall was traded for Taylor Lars, or for uh, Adam Larson, not Milan Lucic. Uh, not sure what that, uh, what that meant. Uh, Nels says... Uh, Hey, Reed, great show. You know what? I think all this discord will go away over time, and if the Oilers start winning and making the playoffs and bring a cup or home to bring home a cup or two, then Rogers Place will be a gem for our city, and everyone will say they were up for the building. That is from Nels. All right. Alistair says, uh, Reed, how about a quick shout-out to the time and tireless efforts all the PCL employees and contractors have put in to give this facility, to give this city not only a facility it needs, but the facility it deserves. That is from uh, Alistair. Well, there you go, Alistair. You have, uh, you have given them a shout-out shout indeed. Here's what we're going to do. We've got to take a quick timeout. You can keep texting 630 630. The uh, phone number is 780-496-0063. I want to get to some of the stuff Eskimos General Manager Ed Hervey said about his team this afternoon. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thank you for tuning in tonight. It is 645. Eskimos General Manager Ed Hervey 
with some mid-season thoughts today. The Eskimos are 5-4. and four. They will be in Calgary on Monday. We have the game for you on 6.30. Chad, 11.30 pregame show. The kickoff will be at 1. Uh, Ed Hervey assessing his first-year head coach, Jason Moss. You know, I mean, Moss is a football guy. He understands football, and the biggest thing, you know, is not X's and O's. I think everyone you know, understands X's and O's. I think it's, it's more so about how you relate to people, how you relate to the players, how you treat them, uh, you know, being disciplined um, and understanding, you know, being on time and all those different things that that you don't necessarily see uh, with him. I mean, his game management, I think, has been really good. Um, but again, he'll tell you himself that he has so much to learn because, again, it's a first opportunity for him to be a head coach. So he still has things that uh, he can improve on, which, uh, you know, I, I, under, I firmly believe that the sky is the limit for the abilities that he has. But so far, I mean, you see the guys come out every day. They work hard. They practice hard. They play hard. Uh, they're competing at a high level. And um, I think when you see our team play, you know, I don't think you watch our team and, and think that we can't compete with anyone. I think uh, that's extremely important for, our, for ourselves as well as our fans to recognize that you know, any given time we're on the field, um, we can compete and play at a high level. And you know, given the opportunity, if we play disciplined football uh, and we play our brand of football, you know, we have a chance to win every game, and that's important. You can get the uh, full Ed Hervey availability today on 630chat.com. I asked Ed Hervey, hey, you've had some you've had some struggles in the secondary. Are you looking to make changes? No, I'm not going to put our team in a situation where they're looking over their shoulders and worrying about who's coming and who's going. The team that we have right now is the team that's here. Um, you know, and we're, we're, we're doing quite well with this team. Obviously, we, we expect improvement from the players that are here to go out every game and understand what's in front of them. You know, they're playing the team that's got the best record in the, in the, in the league and uh, this tops in the division. And um, you, know, you go out there and play your best and, and give it all you have. But as far as tweaking and changing, and I mean, there's going to always be movement here and there on our roster. But, uh, you know, I'm not looking at anyone in particular and having a, putting them in the crosshairs for uh for change i think that uh, you know there's continuity being built uh in our secondary as well as our team and we're looking uh you know forward to what we do and compete uh on the on monday and and it's an important time for us so now no, they did release solomon means today uh, who was a defensive back but uh you know certainly names that we've been talking about aaron grimes you know, released by Philadelphia, but he's hurt. So we'll see what happens there. Keon Raymond, a good CFL veteran, is available. Hervey seems to be patient here. He's not going to tip his hand about what he might or might not do with the roster. Um, certainly, Marcel Young has had some challenges there in, in in the secondary. But Hervey says, "Let's keep growing. Let's keep working together." That is where he is at. He was asked uh, two or three times, well, three or four times today, about. The challenges in the CFL, the coaches challenge, uh, the the mid-season rule change last week that means coaches lose their timeout if they're wrong on their first challenge. He kind of uh, avoided giving a really definite answer and then finally got to one at the end of his availability today. Going back to your challenge question, that is where we have to recognize that the fans still pay to watch the game and we have to make the, the, the fans uh, happy sometimes at our own uh, you know by sucking up our own pride sometimes and you know as a group recognize that and not get caught up in everything that we want 
you know, sometimes recognize that the fans want what they what they ask for, and that is just the even flow of a game that they can enjoy and be entertained by it. And the game shouldn't be stopped because we're looking for a penalty under every rock. Well, that was interesting. So I, I think uh, obviously Hervey feels how a lot uh, how a lot of you feel. It'd be great to get every call right. Are the reviews worth it though when it grinds the game to a halt? Maybe a little too uh, too often. You can let me know about what you think about that by texting six thirty six thirty. Morley Scott was with me at Hervey's availability today. Morley, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? Well, doing doing great. It was uh, interesting listening to Ed Hervey today give his uh, mid season. Uh, address. Well, I guess he just came out and answered questions. Well, it wasn't like a presidential address or anything. No, it was not a state of the onion, as, you, as uh, it is sometimes <laughs> right. called. Uh, it was. Uh, he just wanted to get together with the media, and because uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us had some questions to to talk to him about. And uh, he usually does this at the halfway mark of the season, which is right now. Uh, heading into the Labor Day games. Uh, he seems pretty happy with where the club is right now, considering, as he called it, the massive amount of change they've had, uh, especially, you know, you think about the coaching staff, they lost a lot of players on defense. So, but yeah, I tend to agree with them. I think where they sit right now, playing their best football of the year, five and four with three straight wins, they're at a pretty good spot at the halfway mark. He seems... And again, maybe this is now in hindsight because they've been able to win three in a row. I mean, he he didn't uh, he didn't reveal how he felt when they were two and four, though he indicated that he, he under- felt the same. That he felt the same. I mean, he seems to be exuding a lot of patience, kind of about like, well, there were some big changes. What did you, what do you expect? We we're going to lose a few games. Yeah, I, one thing I, I don't that, think he liked it, but no, you're right. One thing that Ed Hervey's been real good about in his time as general manager is being patient and trying to to keep some consistency there. And that's you know when he was asked about changes going forward, he doesn't want to make many. He'll make room for Aaron Grimes. He'll make room for Willie Jefferson because every CFL team would. But he does not want to go out and do what Saskatchewan's doing and taking a player who's a 6.4 and trading him out for a player who's a 6.5. And just just trying to, you know, he would like to see this group grow together. He would like to see this group uh, become a team and get that continuity and learn the system and, and go up through the ranks together the rest of this season. Uh, he will make room for those two guys, as I mentioned. They're both free agents now after being released in the in the National Football League. But he does not want to make big changes, feels that the club is right now in a good position and, and, and good enough to go forward and get better. I mean, I, I asked about the, the secondary, and obviously there's one guy hmm. facing a lot of criticism right now. That's Marcel Young. But Ed, regardless of what he was asked today, and it's interesting seeing his sort of development as a general manager too. We know Ed's an emotional guy. He's not emotional the same way when he was a player, when he could physically take it out on people Throw a helmet here throw, and there. Throw a helmet <laughs> here and there. But, um, I mean, you contrast three years ago when he came right out and said, I hope Simeon Rotier, yeah. if I had my Banging own fist Simeon Rotier would stuff. never yeah. play another game for the Eskimos. And, of course, he did, and he's still here. And he's an Ed, all-star. <laughs> Ed was very, you know, careful today. I'm not going to single anybody out. Dan Barnes even asked him which... Which new players to, do you feel have the most impact? He just said all of them. All of them, if yeah. We, if we win games, they all contributed or whatever. Win as a team, lose as a team, right? And that, I think that's the approach he's taking. You're right. He No criticism on any one player, no praise on any one player. He talked mostly in that sweeping generalities about the team and how they have to get better, how they've done so far, and what lies ahead. He seems to be pretty anxious to see how they play on Monday in Calgary and then the following Saturday. He knows it's a big measuring stick. He knows it's an opportunity. And and even 
he didn't say this, but I'll say it. even if they lose both games to Calgary, it's a good opportunity to see where you are. Now, if you if you lose by a, you know, remember what was that, like four years ago, they lost on field goals late in both mm-hmm. games. They're, you know, that tells you you're pretty close still, right? Uh, he would obviously choose to win them if he could if he could pick and then be virtually tied for first place, as he said. But I think he's anxious to see where that measuring stick is for the Eskimos right now compared to the Stampeders, who are far and away the best team in the league right now. Their record, you know, you can't argue with that statement with a 7-1-1 one, and one record so it's going to be good I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the games as as we always are this time of year going into Calgary for Labor Day but again it's something's on the line which is kind of cool Morley Scott play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Eskimos joining us on Inside Sports you can get the full Ed Hervey uh, media availability today by going to 630ched.com uh, we've been playing some highlights for you Morley and I talking about those he was asked a few times about Video review, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the tweaking that's been done mid-season. Um, he's on the rules committee. Yeah. Um, he does, also doesn't want to be too critical of that rules committee, though, though I mean, he, he clearly, to me, expressed um, a level of discomfort with the the choppiness that more reviews adds to games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he said that we've got to realize that fans come to games and watch games to be entertained and what was the phrase he used when we're looking for penalties under every rock uh it's not entertaining football and that's been my biggest beef my biggest beef all season long has been the the coaches challenges and how they have slowed the games down how they're not i I don't mind getting the play right but let's not take three, four, five, six minutes or longer sometimes to get the play right. There was a, a, a call in Winnipeg when the Eskimos were in Winnipeg earlier this year. It took like seven minutes. It was incredible. Uh, and Mike O'Shea had three separate conversations with the referee, and they just could not get it finalized. And it was all over a play that wasn't even reviewable. So oh, they right, couldn't yeah. even review it. But it took them that long to sort it out. So that's that's the thing. they got to get it they got to get a smoother system on on the replays. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I like what they've done with the challenges now, and it's cost you it costs you timeout now if you're wrong on your first one. So it's going to cause coaches to think about it. I, I don't know the stats after last weekend, but going into last weekend's game, there were 90 coaches challenges so far this year. There was 102 all of last year. So right. they're only 12 behind the pace well, because they're just throwing. The, you get a touchdown scored against you at a bad time in the game. I'm going to throw the flag and see if we can find something. Yeah. And that's what it turned. And it got known as the fishing expedition. Well, and, and and again, and I think with a lot of the rules and a lot of the flags we're seeing, I don't blame the coaches. I don't blame the the officials. I mean, certainly there are always debatable calls. But the the rules are, I think, stringent, especially when it comes to contact on a receiver. And, yeah, if you're a coach, I mean, it's like – Okay, you can get it like last year. It was like okay, uh, a, a steak is ten bucks and soup's an extra four. Well, now this year it's steak and soup are both ten dollars. So of course you're just going to get the soup. Yeah. So that's what they've been doing, throwing throwing the flags. Wait, wait, what kind of soup is it? Though? It's uh, it's yeah. beef barley. Okay, that's all right. I like that. <laughs> uh, you're right. And and again, I want to say that I'm not against replay. I'm not against getting the call right. What's bugged me is the system and how. It's just not a smooth process to go from the challenge flag to wherever. It just It's just too choppy. It just takes too long. There's just too many conversations. All right. So when are they back on the field? Uh, Thursday. Thursday on the field. Uh, I think they're going to have meetings probably uh, tomorrow. I would expect back uh, in the classroom tomorrow and, and going over the game plan, and then they'll get back on the field on Thursday and practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, and uh, have a walkthrough here Sunday morning before they bus 
to Calgary for their uh, their media obligations Sunday afternoon, and of course the game on on Monday. So, yeah, back to it's a long break. A lot of guys even left town. Some guys went home to see their family for a couple of days. They had a long break, and as we talked about last night on on the Eskimo show with Neil King, uh, he and uh, I think three other players went up to Bonneville and saw a Chad Brownlee concert. And oh, nice! There. They just had a they just got away from football, which is I think so important. It's basically they're getting a third bye week right now. Uh, four days off is, is four days off in the middle of the season. That's gold for football players. Yeah. Uh, rest the body, get themselves in the right frame of mind, and get ready for what is a, uh, first off, the biggest game of the season, standings aside, the biggest game of the season on Labor Day, and the start of the second half of the season, which, as we all know, means more than the first half of the season for some reason. They are, <laughs> all the wins are worth two points in the first half of the second half, but uh, for some reason, more attention is paid, and, and obviously they're going to they're, they're in the midst of playing a lot of Western teams right now. So a uh, key game's coming up. So to be rested and ready to go is important. Morley, thanks for your time. You bet, Reed. That is Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Eskimos right here on uh, 630 Chat. I want to talk a little bit more about that video review stuff as we uh, move along tonight. Bob Stoffer and Pat Steinberg as we'll talk Oilers and Flames in the next hour of Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.